Hello and welcome everyone. I'm William Fry, and this is Mainstay. Mainstay is Beacon's publication covering all things small business with a focus on exit planning, acquisitions, and transfers. For more information, go to www.viabeacon.com. That's V-I-A-B-E-A-C-O-N.com. Thanks for joining us today. I'm very excited to announce that TJ Brogan joins us for our first in-person interview. TJ is the owner of Washeroo Hand Car Wash with two locations here in Austin, Texas. We'll get into his journey into owning his own business as well as his plans to expand. TJ, welcome to Mainstay. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, excited to chat. I'd love to hear a little bit about the origin story for, for Washeroo. For sure. Um, so... I grew up in Michigan, East Lansing, Michigan, go Sparty. Nice. Um, and then went to school and in, in college in Michigan. And then after I graduated, moved down here and took a tech job and did some sales and quickly realized that I didn't want to be one working for someone else. Um, and two, I hated the, uh, you have a good month and the next day you wake up and they say, all right, here's the new target, get back after it. Cause you weren't building anything. So I quickly started to look for other businesses that I could acquire um, and put some sweat equity in because I had some time on my hands um, and no family yet. So that's what kind of got me down here and got me into my own small business. Nice. And you come from a family of small business owners. Is that something that you felt you, you always aspired to? Yeah. So growing up, um, I have I'm actually one of 10 kids. So I'm oh, the wow. second oldest of 10 kids. Um, and I'd say a lot of the inspiration came from my older brother, Blake, who we were always starting new businesses together. He was waking me up at six in the morning to get to the country club to caddy. Um, and so, yeah, we would share our money as a little kid. And I just remember him, we'd do lemonade stands on the corner. So ever since a young age, I feel like I knew I wanted to work for myself one day. Sure. And when you're thinking about the type of business you wanted to run, what did that process look like? Yeah. So I, I don't feel like I'm a guy that has like a lot of um, specific passions around, I guess, specific um, things. But I knew that I just wanted to grow and steer a ship. And so when I was looking at businesses, I, I saw a lot of my friends getting into the tech world and quickly getting out of the tech world. Sure. And so I was looking for something a little bit more conservative that I could buy. I knew I could at least break even um, to start and not have to go raise a bunch of money, um, which would allow me to have the most ownership in the business. So that's what kind of drove me to these service type businesses. I looked at ice cream. I looked at car washes. Um, I looked at, you know, just buying a couple of lawnmowers and trying to start a lawn service. So those were the type of businesses I was looking for. Porta potties as well. Sure. Everyone likes a good porta potty. So, <laughs> um, And you, I imagine you're exploring both like do you build it from scratch as well as do you buy an existing one at the same time is that right yeah i was so for a lot of like the low barrier to entry call it the lawn mowing or maybe starting like a small ice cream shop i was definitely looking to start my own but um as i was looking um for a business to buy i had a guy who was kind of a mentor to me who owned the real estate at this car wash. I bet no means was like looking for car washes, but he just owned the real estate down there. And he said, hey, the current operators running into some health issues. The operation has really tanked over the last three years. Go check it out and see if it's something you'd be interested in. And so I literally was working my day job. And on the weekends, I would show up and I'd just start vacuuming cars and watching, washing cars and realizing, wow, there are a lot of cars showing up here 
the operation is terrible. I could sure. quickly come in and add some value to this business. Um, and luckily, because it was doing so poorly, I could buy it at a you know a rate that was I thought was very fair. Sure. So, and at the time, was the owner looking to sell, or were you kind of approaching the person with with an idea of selling for the first time? Yeah, good question. So, I was fortunate that my mentor kind of played the middle ground because he was the owner of the real estate. He knew the guy's situation. He also knew my situation. And so luckily I had him in my corner who could, he kind of almost steered a lot of the negotiations of, you know, me not knowing much about buying a small business of like, Hey, here's what I think the value would be. And he was also looking out for the interest of the guy who was selling it because he'd been a good tenant for 10 years. Um, So I was lucky to have someone in my corner that could kind of steer me in the right direction when it came to valuing the business. And he kind of teed me up for a guy that he knew wanted to sell. So nice. That's awesome. And when you were beginning to talk about price with the owner, did you like put down an offer and then go into a diligence period? Or were you able to just go straight into, you know, drafting up a purchase and close agreement? What did that look like? Yeah. So when I went to go look at this business, and I started hanging out at it, I quick, you could quickly realize like, okay, this is a very poorly run business. Like the just operations from the start of the wash to the finish of the wash was very poor. And because it's like a hand car wash and detail joint, um, it, it's like very labor intensive and we don't have many machines. I mean, the only machines we have are really vacuums and shampoo machines. The rest is just hoses and towels. So when I went to go look at this business, um, I hung out there, like I said, for a handful of weekends, just trying to learn it. And then I realized like, okay, I don't know what the upside of this business is because of how poorly this is being run. So then I just started taking my car around to all the other car washes that do something similar. And I just started, you know, pulling up and listening to the guy who was greeting me, talking to him, realizing like, oh, okay, the car wash I'm visiting, they're charging like $25 on average a car. This this guy somehow got me to spend $75. So then you can kind of back into some math on that and realize like, okay, even if I can jump average, you know, price per car up $15, like here's sure. what the value of the business I think could be. Sure. Um, so that was something that really helped is like just being able to go around town looking at what other people are doing, how they're doing it, um, and what they're able to charge, like dramatically changed what I think the wash could have gone to. And we speak with a fair number of buyers kind of day to day, and it seems that a lot of people romanticize the idea of buying a small business, but they may not get the conviction to actually make an offer and go through the purchase. It's like a big life event. It's a big financial event. What was like the turning point for you when you were looking into this car wash where you're like, okay, I'm locked and loaded. Let's go. Yeah. I think I knew my, in my heart, I wanted to do something like this. I had just gotten engaged. Um, and my wife to be had a good salary working a corporate job for Uber. Sure. Um, And I had lived very conservatively since college, um, and my bills weren't that high. And so I felt like, okay, now's the time to really to jump and make a leap at at doing it myself. Um, And it was a like it was a rough like first six months. I, I essentially came in and as I mentioned, the operation was really poor and we I came in and I mean, it sounds crazy, but I dropped everyone's pay. Um, down to four forty four an hour, um, which you know in this market's like no one's going to stick around for right. four forty four. Um, but everyone, you know, they made five to ten bucks an hour in tips, so you know they were making around ten bucks an hour. But I dropped everyone's pay with the hope of like people would quit, um, and I got down to a 
core group of like three guys that I could count on to show up each day. And I really needed 10 to 15 to run the car wash. And so I would just show up every single day and just run around with my like chicken with my head cut off. Um, and finally got to a point, you know, a couple of years later where it stabilized, but that first six months was, was brutal. I remember there was a stretch where I, I mean, I worked like 42 days straight would be the first one there, last one to leave. And I, I still remember the day where I was like driving there at 7 a.m. knowing I'm going to beat my employees by an hour when they're supposed to show up and just like crying because I'm yeah. like, why did I do this to myself? Sure. Like, this sure. is insanity. Sure. Um, but then, yeah, you fast forward a couple of years later, and you're like, oh, that was the best decision of my life. Right, right. During that like first six months, did you have like an owner overlap or transition period with a previous owner? Or because there were health issues involved, was it more of like shake hands and and you come in on day one? Yeah. So once I bought the business, he was gone. But I'd say in that due diligence phase where I was showing up in like washing cars, um, that was a good opportunity for me because he wasn't necessarily washing cars, but he was around. And so I... I could just ask him a lot of questions like, hey, why do you do it this way? You know, what, have you thought about doing it this way? He's like, no, no one does it that way. And so, you know, I got like I got a lot of the X's and O's from this guy as far as just how do you how to wash a good car. Sure. Not necessarily the fastest way to wash a good car, <laughs> right. but just like, hey, this is what you want to think about. This is what customers care about. Um, so that was that was definitely a helpful period to have him around because. I'd been in Austin three years prior to that, and I'd never washed my car. It's just something sure. I didn't care about. Sure. Um, that's interesting. I want to double back to the employees, but before we do that, on the like first six months, or really first three months, I've heard like two, two schools of thought. One is don't draft a plan at all, because as soon as you come in, it goes to shit, so there's no point in having a plan. Another is spend a lot of time during the diligence period to figure out like what you want to fix and start rolling that game plan out as soon as you you know hit the ground running. Which path did you choose? Yeah, good question. So because it's such a employee-heavy, um, or I should say employee-reliant business, sure. I, I knew getting the right employees was going to be key, but then we also needed the processes to you know, implement those employees into. Um, so in the beginning... My bandwidth, like, was low as far as, like, being really creative on how we could, um, like, grow and make the business better. Just because I was, like, I was the one greeting the customer when you pulled in. I was the one checking it before it left, and I was the one ringing you up. So, like, my bandwidth was, like, I couldn't work. I was working in the business so much, I couldn't really work on it. But I think kind of, as I mentioned before, there was a couple, like, low-hanging fruit um, opportunities, just, like, charging the customers a little bit more. Sure. Instead of having the employee get in the car, vacuum it, pull it up, the same employee washes it, pulls it up, the same employee finishes the car wiping it down, we just stationed them all out because nice. that's what everyone else in town was doing. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of it of what I did, I just piggybacked off of what other companies were doing, not because I thought, oh, yeah, that's definitely the right way, but just like, oh, if everyone's doing it one way, they must know something. Sure. Sure. So that was an, an easy way for me to to start to grow the business without, yeah, without doing a lot of marketing yeah. or anything crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, on the employee front, I imagine like one path towards working on the business and not in the business is you get good employees who Correct. can delegate to. That's also like the hardest thing to do. What did that look like for you all? Yeah, so luckily... I mean, in my business, it's such um, low skilled labor that I can I can train a guy in about 15 minutes how to vacuum a car well. So the the key for me was 
Okay, the vacuuming and the washing are really basic. Like, I can train that in 15 minutes. The finishing and the detailing, you need a little bit higher skilled labor. And also, the turnover for vacuum and washers was really high versus the higher skilled labor who you could pay more, who kind of took a little more pride in their craft. They they tended to stick around a little bit longer. So what I realized is like, okay, I need 15 people here. So each day, I want a core of eight people that I can rely on. And then it's kind of like a revolving door for the back, you know, eight guys. So, I mean, a lot of times I'd show up and it'd be like, okay, we're missing two vacuumers, but you know, randomly someone would walk in off the street, quasi-homeless guy, being sure. like, hey, I need a job. It's like, well, here's your interview. Go grab that vacuum and start vacuuming. Let's see if you can do it. Sure. So I really spent a lot of time investing in in the early stages in those, like, you know, four to eight people that I could rely on uh, and making sure they were showing up each day. Sure. And then just kind of hoping the, the backfillers would, would make it to at least most of their shifts. Right. And where were you sourcing the candidates, the employees. I, yeah, I think I'm different than a lot of other businesses in this, especially because I didn't have the bandwidth in the beginning to like really seek out um, employees. Um, a lot of them just came from the street. It's like, hey, I worked at this car wash before. For some reason in the car wash game, it's like you get a lot of these like lifetime car wash guys who maybe aren't the most reliable employees, but they just bounce from car wash to car wash because car washes are always in need of labor. Sure. Um, so that's how I... I got a lot of the employees in the beginning. And then what I started doing is I once I got it to a point where it was kind of stable and I could leave at least for a few hours, I just started driving around to other car washes, um, seeing how the manager ran the place, seeing how the employees ran the place. And that's how I actually got to my managers was just showing up to other car washes, getting to know them and just being like, hey, I think I have a better opportunity for you if you want to come jump ship with me. So sure. maybe a little bit dirty, but yeah. <laughs> it's so competitive to find like good managers. And if you could see the manager working in an environment where there wasn't an owner around um, and you and you liked what you saw, you knew there was a good chance when they came over to you, you'd see similar results. Sure. And out of curiosity, what did that pitch look like to the manager? Is it ownership? Is it more autonomy? Like, how are you convincing them to come over to, you know, a newer, newer upstart? Yeah, I think, like, for starters, I think just being, like, curious about them as a person beyond just, like, hey, can you wash a good car and, and can you sell a good car wash and can you, can you do it quickly? I, th- I mean kind of like when you just go get to know like a girl that you're trying to take on a date like just be like curious like oh where are you from what do you what do you care about like what's your family like oh where do you live oh you drive 30 minutes to work each day oh my car wash is only 10 minutes from your house what would an extra 40 minutes a day with your family mean to you like those types of things like way before I start talking about money I just start talking about like lifestyle and what washeroo could bring um and I think like most of the people that I've hired at least my managers. I've met their spouses like before they started to work for me. Like I really just get to know them. And, you know, I've seen some success now that I have a couple managers that have been with me for a few years. And I I mean, I really do care about them. We put um, a lot of times their money in their pocket over the profits of the business. We just had one of our car washes catch fire and so I had two managers down there where we upped their salary quite a bit during this time, but we also raised our expectations for how they're going to help us get back sure. open. So, yeah, just really caring about them as individuals is kind of the the recipe to success. Yeah. In terms of growing the business, it sounds like you went through this period where you were, you know, boots on the ground for six months trying to figure out, you know, which way it was up, started to grow the team, like leaned into building a relationship with the managers as you brought managers over. 
at what point were you ready to say, okay, the next phase of growth is a second location? Yeah, once I knew that I didn't need to be there touching every car um, and I could kind of step away for like almost go back to Michigan for a week and, and visit my family and I wasn't like totally panicked the whole time. Sure, sure. I think that's when I knew like, okay, I have the bandwidth to take on a second location. And also you can kind of look at your team and be like, okay, who out of this group do you think has the capability to go run another wash? And you just start to like prep and prime that guy or gal to say like, hey, is this something you'd want to do? Um, and so I had someone on my team that was raising their hand that really wanted to do it. We found a great location that we thought would be, a, you know, an easy win for us to replicate the business model. Um, and once that happened, we just jumped. And, you know, I, I've, I'm only at two locations, but we're looking to open up more pretty soon. And I realized, like, hey, if I can spend the first six months when a new location opens, making sure everything's running smoothly, kind of grooming that manager to a point where they can run it, then... I, I mean, when I opened up the second one after four months, I was I was kind of able to step away and had that similar feeling that I had with the first one where I was like, okay, we can open up another one. Sure, sure. And for the new locations, is it typically like a ground up build out or are you buying an existing auto, uh, sorry, car wash again? Yeah, unfortunately with Austin, the permitting is just so difficult. Um, it's almost more image than it is actual water use, but the city doesn't love like a lot of water just falling into the drain. And so permits are really tough. So what we found um, and what I'm looking to buy now is like if you buy an existing car wash, you don't have to get any of the permits. You don't have to change too much of the infrastructure of the building um, and really just hook up some hoses and set up your vacuums and you can be good to go because the traps are already there to collect the water. So our business model, at least for the hand car wash in detail, type of business we want to focus on existing car washes where the big trend in the industry is right now is tunnel washes where a majority of those are being built ground up sure sure that's interesting we're seeing something similar in like the auto shop space where a lot of like auto shop franchises will actually buy out existing auto shops for their franchisees uh, interesting. because of the permitting it oh, gets back to the same thing it's just such a pain to go through the city to get it zoned yeah. Um, for an auto shop. The nice thing too is, well, even if you're just going to lease it or buy the dirt, if, I mean, right now, if I were to go try to start one ground up, it'd be acquiring the land for simple numbers, call it a million dollars. I got to come 300 out of pocket. I can get 700 uh, on a loan. And then I probably got to sit on that for about anywhere from a, probably at least a year before I can break ground. And then I build it which is another six to eight months. And then I wash my first car wow. and I'm, you know, 18 to 24 months in. And I'm like, the numbers on that just don't make yeah. sense where if I buy an existing, call it self-serve, I can do a month of fixing up and then I can wash a car a month later. Yeah, That's where the money starts. The cash flow just starts to be advantageous. And what is that first year when you're having to sit on it? If you're do a, doing a ground up? I mean, it's just working through the permits Are with you? the city. Yeah. I mean, they're like, there's just so much red tape you're trying to get through. I mean, even with my car wash that just like a portion of it just burned down, it would probably be, uh, you know, call it five to 10 day fix. And we're three weeks in and we haven't even had a guy start working on it yet just because Man. the city shows up, they shut you down, they make you do all these things before you can start to work to make sure it's all safe for the workers to be sure. in there. And then you got to get permitting. Then you got to get engineers to, to sign off on what the work you want to do. And then you have to have an inspector come out at the end to make sure it is what you said you're going to do is done. And it's like, 
Sure. I mean, it's a pain, yeah. man. That's like yeah, yeah. that. That's the types of things that drive small business owners nuts is when they're just messing with red tape rather than growing right. their business. Right. And so that makes sense in terms of doing like a, a buy strategy for expansion. Are you working with brokers to approach the business owners? Are you going directly and like giving them a letter, trying to speak with them? What does that look like in terms of outreach? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, I have... Um, a contact who, well, the second location we we went from, we converted from a self-service to a full service and we saw a lot of success with that. Um, and so I know a guy that's been in the like car wash chemical and equipment business for forever and he's already introed me to like four or five people. Oh, nice. Um, so, so he's like a supplier of these guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's a supplier for the like, for the chemicals and for the equipment, but sure. he has relationships with right. all of them. Right. And then... I mean, similar to, like, meeting the managers at other locations, I, like, try to meet the owners at other locations because I feel like the best way to grow a business is, at least mine, is through acquiring. And if I know other business owners um, and they know I'm interested in buying, you know, I'll ping. There's probably five or six guys in town that own car washes that I'd be interested in that I just meet up with every year and we're like, hey, what are you thinking about? And he asked me the same thing. And if any time they're ready to sell, then hopefully I'll be the first person they call. Yeah, that's a good strategy. And you get it before it goes to the market. Yeah. And they know that there's a serious buyer there. Yeah, and we can avoid the brokers, and it just makes it a, a much more streamlined deal than, you know, bringing in someone that doesn't know much about car washing and try to make it happen. Sure, sure. That's interesting. Awesome. I know we've covered a lot of ground. I thought there were kind of two questions I wanted to close out with. We can start with the first one. What would you tell a younger person who's considering becoming an entrepreneur through acquisition like you have? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the biggest thing I would say is just from my own experience, I found that being around entrepreneurs like creates an entrepreneur within yourself. Um, I, I knew I wanted to to go out and start my own business, but. I mean, it's scary and you don't, it's murky water. You don't really know how to, how to walk through it. Um, and just being around people who have already done it, um, and can kind of guide you and encourage you. Um, and also, you know, just pour into you and spend time like evaluating businesses with you. I think that's the most valuable thing. Obviously coming from a corporate world, I majority of my friends were my colleagues, um, who, very few of them had ambitions of starting their own business. And once I could kind of break away from that and start to get to know small business owners, um, it was just inspiring and kind of got me to finally leap and, and go for running my own business. Sure. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, second question. So it sounds like the original question is what resources would you recommend? Yeah. And it sounds like resource number one are other entrepreneurs or small yeah. business owners. Any books or anything on that front that you found helpful? There's, uh, there's nothing like specifically I would, I would point to. I'm not like words don't necessarily get me going. Stories definitely get me going. Um, And so just like any like podcasts or like forums where people are telling their like small business story, like 
those types of things like really jack me up. Um, even like reading Shoe Dog, like I don't think of myself as that emotional guy, but I just was like so inspired by what Phil Knight was able to do. I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to do this with my life. And so just it's more like the inspiration rather than the X's and O's of, of running a business and learning accounting and marketing and all those things. It's, it's really just like, hey, how can I just be inspired and therefore go inspire my team? And being able to just jump into this world of murky water and try to figure it out. Sure. Awesome. All right. I think that's everything from our end. But thanks so much for for coming on. That was awesome. Thanks for having me in. Yes. Yeah.